0: Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is a repeat because Friday was an update episode for an episode that we had already done, which I suggest watching the new episode anyways. It was great. The update was great. It just wasn't enough for a whole new episode. It's Dennis. It's Dennis, and it features the best brother, I think, ever on a dateline. I hope my brother is listening turn off the baseball game, avenge my murder. Thank you, Matt. Much obliged. I
1: do feel like Matt would avenge your murder.
0: I'd highly doubt it. But it's a great episode. So we are covering an episode called The Smoking Gun, which is a famous, famous case, but somehow we've never done it.
1: Josh has referenced this case in multiple times that we've talked to him. Yeah. The minute they said the name, I recognized it. Yeah. Also, this is the case that shows how tight Josh is with the LAPD because he gets interviews with like the top brass.
0: Yeah. And they love him, but everyone loves him. Yeah. So the smoking gun is the episode February 11th, 2011 season 19 episode 29. You can find it on Peacock. This episode is hosted by Mank, a man who has all the answers. True. This episode starts in 2009 in Los Angeles. Homicide detective Jim Nuttall. Nuttle. 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 It's one of those words. It's hard to say if you don't pronounce your T's very precisely. He's handsome. I had a little crush on him. He arrives at work and was super tired, basically hungover because he had hosted a Super Bowl party the day before. And as Mank says, the beer had flowed freely.
1: Did you still have a crush on him after he said that?
0: Yeah. I would make my dip and I would go to a movie or something. Okay. Yeah, he can enjoy the Super Bowl. I just don't have any desire to watch it with him. We don't have to do it. We're not one of those couples, Katie, that has to do everything together. Jim and I. Jim and I have our own interests. Listen, we saw some B-roll of what they were serving at this party, although it wasn't actual B-roll from that party. It was just a generic B-roll of the Super Bowl party. It all looked delicious. Pizza, seven-layer dip. Have you ever been to a fancy Super Bowl party like that with actual, like, lots of food? yeah.
1: I've been to one with like Doritos, I feel like, but I don't know if I've been to one with actual like pigs in a blanket and hors d'oeuvres.
0: I didn't see pigs in a blanket. I saw pizza and seven layer dip. There were no pigs in a blanket.
1: Oh, there definitely were. If there was seven layer dip and pizza, they were in the back there somewhere or in the oven still
0: pigs in a blanket are not fancy, though.
1: Let's move on. I realize
0: that there's a difference really right there.
1: I just meant I would have like three bowls of different kinds of Doritos of like the cheese, the Cool Ranch and then maybe a wild card flavor. And then that would be it.
0: (laughs) Okay. so Jim just wants to spend a quiet day at the office with his coffee and catch up on his reading. And Mank says a couple of aspirin. And the detective grins and they are instantaneously best friends.
1: Yeah, although he should really wipe his book off. That can get messy.
0: Get it? Catch up on his reading. Did you think of that ahead of time and write that down? I just thought of it right now. Okay, I guess that makes it better. Because if you thought of that and wrote that down.
1: I wish I had wrote. I didn't. I just thought of it just now. But
0: come on. (laughs) All right, let's go. No, be proud. I want you to be proud of your jokes. I didn't mean to lower your joke self esteem. I'm sure people loved it. I can think of three listeners right now who are like loved it. Don't they? Don't want it to be cut out.
1: That's cute because I can think of about three hundred that are rolling their eyes and go,
0: <laughs> but they're still listening, and that's all we want. Okay, yeah, hang in. We just started. We're yeah. That's
1: the last one, maybe.
0: <laughs> so Jim picks up a file that has been sitting on his desk for months. Sherry Rasmussen. Shot in her condo. She was murdered in 1986. So over 20 years before. We meet Sherry's parents, Nels and Loretta. Oh, yes. I love Nels and Loretta.
1: Oh, yes. They're great.
0: What great names, too. Sherry was popular with her coworkers. She was a nurse and a director of critical care at a hospital. She was only 29 years old, too. Very impressive. She had been married for three months only to a high tech engineer, John Rutan. And John was cleared immediately. That's really all we get about this. We don't know why, but we know he was cleared immediately. Police think that it was a burglary gone wrong. Then we enter one of the reasons I picked this episode Yolanda McCleary.
1: Yeah, your best friend.
0: My best friend from Cold Justice, the famous crime scene investigator. They based one of the CSI ladies off of her. She's awesome. So Mank goes with Yolanda to the actual apartment that Sherry lived in at the time. There's no forced entry, so they think the killer walked right in. There was a struggle, she was shot. She tried to go to the front door where there's like a panic button on the alarm. There's a huge fight by the door. The killer is dragging her in. This is like a brutal attack, not something you'd expect from a robbery. She's hit with a vase and then the killer grabs a blanket to muzzle the sound and shoots her again.
1: So there's no way this is a robbery, right? A robber's going to shoot her right where she stands upstairs, not going to let her get to downstairs. They're not going to do this crazy tug of war.
0: Well, they tried to shoot her upstairs, but they missed. And then they shot her, and then she crawled downstairs. But I think it is, it's is—it's a bit extra. Wouldn't they also just run out at this point? No? I would feel like, yeah, you'd be like, okay, I gotta go. Did they have their faces uncovered, and that's why they felt like they had to kill her? It's a lot.
1: It's the dragging back.
0: Yeah, I know. They find a VCR and a disc player.
1: That was surprising. And it reminded me about the disc players when it's like the five disc.
0: Yeah, a disc, a CD changer.
1: Oh, they would sell them at Costco.
0: Yeah, I never had one of those. Yeah, because they were expensive. I just was a single disc gal. No multiple discs.
1: Everybody had the little single disc that nobody had the five disc unless you lived in Hollywood was my assumption.
0: (laughs) Sherry's purse was missing. And her new BMW was missing that John had bought her, which is nice. There is also a bite mark on Sherry, which, again, you don't usually see in a robbery. Too personal. It's very personal. They swab it and save it for later, even though this is years before DNA. So good on them for having the foresight to do that. They think it's a burglary gone wrong and it must have been by a man or two men because it was such a violent attack. And Sherry must have come home and surprised them. L.A. was very dangerous in the 80s because of crack, which is whack. The murder rate was three times bigger than what it will have become in 2016, 30 years later. That's crazy.
1: Because of crack? Cocaine?
0: Crack is whack. Gangs are whack. Also, that violent, horrible 80s fashion. It's all combined to make quite a scene.
1: The B-roll in this part is stupendous.
0: Well, OK, there's a guy that we see being arrested. Was he dressed up for Halloween like an old school pimp or was he like an actual pimp? He's wearing hot pink fuchsia pants and a pink plaid blazer with, I believe, a feather in his hat.
1: I need to know more about the fashion in the 80s.
0: It was shocking. I would like to hear a whole spinoff episode on that guy alone.
1: Was that his going out outfit?
0: Right. Or was he going to a costume party? Or is that just the way people dressed? So
1: many questions. I don't have any answers. We need to go to the answer man.
0: So the answer man is Miles Corwin, who is this author that we meet for two seconds. And he was talking about how homicide was booming in the 80s. He almost says like a positive thing, like homicide is having a real moment in the 80s. (laughs) Homicide is the it factor in the 80s. Yes. This was homicide's time to shine, basically.
1: That's his soundbite?
0: Basically. And he says drugs. He says gangs. And he says the LAPD was stretched thin. Okay. Because there weren't enough mustachioed cops to go around.
1: Okay. To fight the crack.
0: To fight the crack is whack. A few weeks after Sherry's murder, police get a possible lead. A woman was robbed by two men at gunpoint nearby. A composite sketch is released of the two men. One- Looked like Gene Belcher from Bob's Burgers. The other looked like the indigenous man that is crying because you littered in that 80s commercial.
1: Which I'm thinking she saw that commercial and made this report. Also, these men look like anyone in Los Angeles. They are so nondescript.
0: Any race that is not white or even tan. They could be white and just tan.
1: No, literally could just be a brunette. I don't I can't tell. I could probably accuse 10 people I know if I saw those pictures.
0: I think that indigenous gentleman finally had enough of your Frito wrappers on the side of the highway. And he's like, my single tear is not doing enough. I got to resort to the crime life. Crime. I wonder if he ever got together with Smokey the Bear and McGruff the Crime Dog and all of the other 80s icons who were trying to teach us things.
1: Was there a dare icon? Because they do discuss dare at one point.
0: We do get Dare later.
1: I got really excited.
0: I don't think there was a Dare
1: icon. Maybe there should have been, and maybe it's not too late because Dare is still around. I donated to them like two years ago.
0: Yeah, Dare is still around,
1: so maybe it's time. TM if that's oh I can't TM they are already a company, but
0: yeah, but you could TM a my idea mascot for them if they don't already have one. What would it be? What's not used? I mean, I would think a dog, but they've already had McGruff. And so he's a dog. A
1: cat. They haven't had a cat. Why couldn't they have the dare cat? Ulysses would make a great dare mascot. She's black and white. She's sassy and street smart. And the issue of drugs is also black and white. Oh, my God. That's so good. I'm writing it down. And then you have Ulysses with her elbow sticking out like on her hip.
0: I foresee Oliver this weekend posing Ulysses until she scratches him.
1: Ulysses as dare cat because she's daring, uh huh, to change. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. I'll
0: think <laughs> of where I can go on and on. Sherry's car is found a mile away with the keys in it. Her computer, cash, jewelry, all at the house. So the only thing that was stolen was the car, which has been found, except for one other item that's been stolen. Sherry and John's marriage license.
1: So he did it. No. (laughs) At this point, I was like, well, that was the husband.
0: No, I would never think that if the marriage license was stolen. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I thought maybe he was trying to hide the fact they were married.
0: Well, I thought it's a jealous ex. It's someone who wasn't invited to the wedding and they're pissed. So they're going to like burn the wedding certificate, the marriage certificate. It's a groomsman who has been bumped down to an usher. And they have are all in their feelings about it. Or it's a person who signed the marriage certificate, like the officiant, is on the run because they stole a bunch of money from a casino.
1: Notary on the run.
0: And they signed their real name by accident on the marriage license instead of signing their alias. So they have to get their hands on that paper.
1: So notary fugitive is more feasible than it was the husband? Absolutely. I thought. The husband was maybe about to get arrested for bigamy. So he needed to show that he didn't actually get married the second time. And he was actually only married to whomever that first person is.
0: That's nonsense. I think it's the notary fugitive casino thief. Okay, please don't do a Twitter poll on this. (laughs) I'm going to lose. No, I'm going to. I'm worried
1: I'm going to lose. So let's keep going. Sherry's
0: boss, Althea.
1: I like Althea. Althea Kennedy.
0: I love Althea. I wish we had more of her. She says that Sherry was tall and athletic and could fight, but she doesn't think that she would fight with two men who had a gun on her. However, she thinks she would fight with a woman. Dun, dun, dun.
1: So it is a woman. So at this point, I let the husband theory go and I'm like, okay.
0: You're like casino forging. Okay, fugitive notary. Fugitive fugitive notary. Also, I love that anytime should anyone insist that it was like a woman, Mank, because he's classy, doesn't be like, meow, like catfight noise, because he would never do that. What year is this? Who would do that? It happened on Seinfeld once. Elaine is like, this lady's going to beat me up. And the cops were like, meow, doing the cat thing. And she's like, you're the police, help me. And they're like, kitty's got claws. Oh, boo. Like they didn't take it seriously because it was a lady. That's unacceptable. Exactly. Wow. Mink would never do that. Sherry's parents remember that Sherry had had some strange encounters before the murder. One night at dinner, a woman was watching her and Sherry said, she has scary eyes that could look right through you. So it is clearly Elizabeth Holmes (laughs) and she's trying to get you to join the board at Theranos. Or it's someone else.
1: Did she say scary eyes or crazy eyes?
0: I believe at one point they say scary. Another point they say crazy. Because I
1: thought of Orange as the New Black. And then when we see the actual eyes, I was not wrong.
0: They're worse than I imagined. One day at the hospital, a woman went to Sherry's office and said, if I can't have John, no one can. So now I'm sort of leaning away from my casino theory. Thinking, original instinct, it's next. Then at Sherry's house one day, she heard a noise and the woman was in her house. Okay, well, how long
1: before the murder did this happen?
0: Just weeks. Okay. I was like in the house, ha- to quote Angelina from Jersey Shore, um, hello, this is not okay. I was very upset. Why are the police not getting involved? More on that later. So the woman is John's
1: ex-girlfriend.
0: Sherry tells her parents, don't worry, I'm going to work it out myself. This was three weeks before she was dead. So, yeah. If this happened to you
1: and you told me I was going to work this out myself, that would not be an acceptable response.
0: No, absolutely not. But this is the 80s. It's before Single White Female came out, or maybe it was after so people were just coming into houses like it would not be a weird occurrence to have. We didn't know how bad stalking could be, maybe, or a crazy. We didn't know how crazy a lady could be. This is before Lori Vallow. And okay. we were like, oh, it's a lady. Or maybe because crack
1: is just so rampant that we are like, oh, a crack addict came into my house and it's just here. And I had to wait. How did the woman that leave the house that was in the house?
0: I think she just left. I think she just probably said something to Sherry and then just left. We don't hear anything else about that story, like if there was an attack or what conversation took place or if the lady just stared at her with crazy eyes and then just left.
1: Did Sherry not tell this story to John?
0: Again, we don't know. I would hope so. And I would hope that John would tell the police after Sherry had been murdered. We're not getting a lot of that information, though.
1: This is just suspiciously nonchalant. Okay.
0: The parents took it very seriously. As anyone else
1: would. I'm not sure why Sherry is, it feels like Sherry is hiding. Something's happening here.
0: I think she's trying to make her parents not worry. And maybe John is telling her, oh, it's fine. She's not going to do anything. It's fine.
1: How'd she get in the house, John?
0: Yeah, I know. That's super concerning.
1: I'm concerned she has a key.
0: Yeah. Okay. The parents say, We told the lead detective about the stage five clinger with the crazy eyes 15 to 20 times. We told the detective and the detective said to the dad, the trouble with you is you watch too much TV. How dare you?
1: How very dare you,
0: sir? I take offense to that. Telling someone they watch too much TV is like telling someone that they can get a pair of glasses for free. It is just preposterous, preposterous. Except with the glasses thing, it's actually true. Oh, do you see what I just did there? There's an up-and-coming glasses retailer that offers glasses at affordable prices. And when I say affordable, I mean free. How's that for affordable? Why am I whispering? You can get your first pair of Kits glasses for free. Just pay $9.95 for shipping.
1: That's amazing.
0: You can get certain brands completely free. And certain designer brands like Tom Ford and Gucci, you might have heard of those guys. You can take 99 Canadian dollars or 69 U.S. dollars off of the price of those.
1: Also, the frames that they have that are free are still cute frames.
0: So cute. So use code FREEKITS. F-R-E-E-K-I-T-S. And all lenses are manufactured in their optical lab based in Vancouver, Canada. So the quality is better and you get your glasses delivered to your house in a matter of days, accompanied by a handsome member of the Canadian Mounted Police. No, that part is not true. But everything else I said is true. Obviously, there are a few conditions. Some style exclusions apply. And your first pair free only is applicable if you're up to negative four prescription. That covers most people. If you have a more complicated prescription than that, you can still use the 99 Canadian, 69 US dollars off of your deal. Come on. It's incredible. I just ordered the cutest pair of matte gray sunglasses. I know they're going to look good because I used that very cool tech magic virtual try-on.
1: I used it too. I like it.
0: So cool. And since everything I own is probably made in China, I loved that I was finally supporting a Canadian company. It made me feel closer to Joshua Jackson, Andrea Canning, and Keith Morrison, three of my very favorite Canadians.
1: I just automatically felt fancy. Kits is a really cute name. Kits from Canada, you bet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they're just probably really nice because they're Canadian. Oh, sure. Get your first pair of Kits glasses on them. No strings attached. Just pay $9.95 for shipping. Go to Kits.com. That's K-I-T-S.com and use code FREEKITS. Come on, Kitters. Do you love that deal from Kits? You betcha. <laughs> You'll look cool as moose. Oh, yes, I will. Katie, all of this detective work and cold cases has really got me hankering for some food. Could you be hankering for a monk pack bar? That's usually what I'm hankering for when we're about to record.
1: Pretty much because this podcast truly does run on monk pack. Monkpack makes snacks that taste like your favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. So they're perfect for anybody that's trying to follow keto lifestyle and the perfect snack for anybody who's trying to just eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. They are a great addition to any snacking diet. Monkpack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty. They have a crunch from the whole nut and seeds, but they still somehow manage to be soft and chewy. It's magical. They come in delicious flavors like sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter, dark chocolate, coconut, dark chocolate, or my always on standby macadamia, white chocolate and pumpkin seeds, cinnamon almond. They are the perfect on the go fuel or they just sit and stare at my computer snack. My binge of the series Yellow Jackets was basically sponsored by eating Monk Pack. They didn't know it, but I think through the process, which took me about 24 hours, I think I ate five. (laughs) Because
0: you need the brain power from the nuts to understand what's going on. But then you don't have to
1: feel bad about it because Monk Pack is a healthy snack. They're perfect to satisfy your sweet tooth without worrying about your sugar intake. And I have a high sugar intake, so Monk Pack really is just a godsend for me. They also don't leave you with that really weird tinny aftertaste that when I try to eat low sugar and stuff has that weird fake sugar in it, it can leave that weird tinny taste in your mouth. Monk Pack doesn't do that. They just taste great. And you can enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars as a quick breakfast, running errands, or just sitting on your couch watching Yellow Jackets. If you haven't done, I don't know how much harder I can push at this point. We are obsessed with Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars, and we probably eat more than we should. But to make sure that I'm always fully stocked, I signed up for a subscription to my favorite flavors, and it saves you 10% on every order, ships them automatically, and getting these delicious treats delivered on a regular basis has just been a complete game changer in my effort to eat healthier. Try it for yourself and you'll see. We have a really special deal for our listeners right now. You can get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product. By visiting monkpack.com and entering our code DATE DATELINE at checkout. Monkpack is so confident in their product, they are backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So, if for some reason you don't like them, you're going to like them. They'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So, to get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M U N K P A C K.com. Select any product, then enter the code DATE DATELINE at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Monk Pack Keto, nut and seed. Dude, 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 dude. Ulysses is also looking for other ads. So if you, <laughs> if Monk Pack, you think you need some sort of cat mascot? If you need some sort of animal to represent your product, she's sassy and
0: sweet. Satisfies your sweet tooth?
1: She's got all of her teeth. I feel like it would be great.
0: <laughs> She's got a That's a great pitch.
1: I have to qualify that because some of my cats don't. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Mike Pack. Contact me about Ulysses.
0: <laughs> Years go by. Sherry's parents offer to pay for the cost of the DNA to be tested in 1993, when they more know what DNA is from the saliva from the bite mark. But the LAPD declines. Hmm. They say, well, we don't have a suspect to compare it to. What
1: does that matter?
0: Well, they're like, what good will it do us to have this DNA because we don't know who it is?
1: So there's no database at that point. Correct.
0: I would guess not. Well, they need to state that. We
1: don't have CODIS or whatever they're running the thing through.
0: I would guess that that was their excuse. Yeah. The case sits cold for another 10 years. In 2004, the LAPD has a new cold case unit and they're testing DNA. It takes them two months to find the saliva sample because the LAPD is not as organized as the exotic snake breeder from a couple weeks ago with the organized drawers and the expensive label maker. Did you see the warehouses in this episode? I went back. It was stacks on stacks on stacks
1: of cardboard boxes in multiple airport hangars. I have a lot of questions. I can kind of see why they couldn't find it. I have to say.
0: Well, I also wonder whose job was it? Were they stretching it out because they liked the time and a half? Did they just have to check in every couple weeks with the boss and be like, nope, still looking?
1: No, I'll tell you what happened. This is when people change processes. This is when everything is written in logs, moving to everything being entered into Excel, moving into everything being entered into a system made for LAPD. Stuff gets moved around and lost during that time of location of items. So you're looking through three different systems. It's like when you have to go back to your old computers to find pictures that are only on that computer because you forget to move them. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just saying sometimes I've heard that happens to people who aren't well organized.
0: That's what happens when I go back to my old computer and I'm like, where are those Kathy Griffin comedy files that I got off of Napster? Got to find those.
1: How many times have you asked me for an episode and I'm like, oh, that's two computers ago? I gotta go back. I gotta find somewhere. I think now they're all on a hard drive. I did good. I
0: hope so. So, two months, finally, they find the sample in a fridge. And we do see fridge on fridge on fridge on fridge in an investigation room, which means, according to Katie's standard of having a bonus fridge in the garage, making you extremely wealthy, the LAPD has made it. They're balling hardcore. They find the sample in one of these fridges and the envelope is all torn up. The vial is poking out of the envelope. It's like Gary Gergich was in charge of this envelope for the past decade. (laughs)
1: That is a Parks and Rec reference for people that maybe don't know right off the bat.
0: Sorry, I just finished the show finally after like 10 years. Yeah, it's not in good shape, this envelope. And the DNA, though, appears to be okay. It's sealed in a tube. It's just the tube is poking out of the envelope.
1: It's not great for court. I was immediately concerned.
0: It's not great for court. The DNA shows that the person who bit Sherry was a female. Yeah.
1: Seriously, myself and Ulysses take offense to that. Ulysses?
0: (laughs) So it wasn't the crying indigenous person. Once again, The indigenous people have been blamed for something they didn't do. And it was my fault.
1: We don't know if that's who that was. It did look a startlingly a lot like him. Yeah,
0: it did. So nothing happens with this new information. They learn it's a female, but nothing happens until 2009 when Jim walks in after his Super Bowl party and starts going through the file. And Mank says, what in the heck were, he says it way classier than that. What were the police doing since 2004 when they tested the DNA? And Jim says, well, the detectives are still under the assumption that it's a burglary. And Mank says, so there was a woman involved in the burglary. And he scrunches up his face like women can't do burglaries. But I know that's not what he was saying. It's just, he thinks it's a little ridiculous. And Jim says, It was probably a missed opportunity by the LAPD. And I loved him even more. It doesn't
1: fit there. Oh, darn it. (laughs) I think I'm not understanding when it fits. I want to try. I'll try again. Let's just keep going. (laughs) I'll try try it another time. Let's keep going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to do it once. (laughs) (laughs) Just try again. Thanks mom. Is this a moment? Is this a cat moment? I'm gonna try again. Maybe this time I'll be right.
1: So, Maybe this time.
0: <laughs> I do want to say I love that Jim, in a nutshell, I think that it's not all, what's his last name?
1: Not all, which I appreciate you saying because one of my titles is very much based on his last name. So thank God you're saying it.
0: Good. <laughs> I really loved that he said it was probably a missed opportunity. I don't think that law enforcement and prosecutors understand how sexy it is when they admit they've made a mistake. And maybe if we encourage them, they will finally start doing it.
1: What about just like people in
0: general? Just people in general, but especially in Dateline, most importantly, prosecutors and law enforcement just admit that there was mistakes made. That's all we want from you.
1: I think just like legally they can't because they're going to get their pants suit off. I don't know, which it happens coming up, you know,
0: they would have no pants on and then they'll be super sexy. But the, so they're Winnie the Pooh it. Or Donald Ducking it.
1: I started laughing about that out of nowhere the other day. When were you Winnie the Poohing it? Was it last episode?
0: Probably when we're, I think I said when we were recording, I'm generally pantsless.
1: I think I never remember that Pooh doesn't wear
0: pants neither does Donald Duck. They have a club. It's like the never nudes, but the opposite. They can never be nude on the top, but they can always be nude on the bottom. It's like a very specific kind of compulsion. Who decided that?
1: The duck I kind of get because they're kind of funny in the back, but the bear should maybe have. Well, I don't know. Isn't that one bear a flasher in the red coat? Paddington? Yeah, he's just in a coat, right? Or a secondhand watch salesman. One of the two. Yeah. (laughs) Does he wear clothes under the coat?
0: No, probably not.
1: Okay, draw clothes on your bears.
0: So Jim starts going through the case and he thinks right away it's a stage burglary. This felt very personal. So he goes through the file on Sherry from the original investigation and he's looking for female names. He finds five. But three of them, he's able to eliminate. They don't really have a motive. So there's two left. One is a coworker named Deborah, who was replaced by Sherry at work. And Mank says there was bad blood. And it was never even mad love. I knew it. Between Sherry and Deborah. So Deborah has now moved to Northern California. And Jim asked local detectives to watch her and try to sneak a sample of her DNA. So they get Deborah's DNA. It is not a match. Jim starts to look at the other suspect, the ex of John. Okay, Stephanie Lazarus. The photo we see of her has the crazy eyes. We're seeing crazy eyes. We've got a big case of crazy eyes on aisle five. She dated John for a while before he dated Sherry. But then we learned from Jim that there was some overlap. And I love that we're just calling cheating overlap now. Sounds so much nicer than cheating. There was a little overlap. He was actually engaged to Sherry and slept with Stephanie.
1: I think they're speaking of it like that because she's deceased, even though she is the one being wronged. I'm not sure if they think she wasn't aware of it. I think they feel like Sherry might have known is what I'm trying to say.
0: I gotcha. And that's possible. Maybe that's part of why she didn't tell her parents the whole reason. We don't really know. Or just told her parents, don't worry about it like I'm going to work on it. It was a love triangle. Stephanie apparently had very deep feelings for John. Jim calls Sherry's parents and says, I have some questions to ask you. I'm looking at the case. And the mom's like, oh, great. Another freaking GD detective is on the phone. Nels, Nels,
1: I'll put the kettle on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, right. You're going to do something like all the other detectives before. And Jim's like, I'm different. I had a Super Bowl party. It wore me out, but now I'm ready to rock and roll. And I'm going to take your case on by storm like the Cowboys did on Sunday. I don't know who was playing in the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, good. Look at you. You are ready for Super Bowl parties. (laughs)
0: Because I knew one name's one team's name. Yeah,
1: it was just the way you said it with confidence. I feel like you are ready to go to or skip a Super Bowl party with a partner.
0: Okay, so Sherry's mom is like, okay, sure. And the dad says, you know what, Jim, I told the police about Stephanie or this lady, he didn't know her name, and these crazy eyes a million times. And he told me that I watched too much TV. And Jim's like, well, I think you're onto something, sir. And I imagine this is how the conversation went. We don't hear much about it, but I imagine it was nice. This seems correct to me, yep. And Jim called him, sir, yeah. Definitely,
1: Jim called him, sir, or Mr. Rasmussen.
0: So Jim knows something, that Sherry's parents don't know. He's learned that Stephanie wears the same badge as he does, which is Mank's way of saying she's a police officer. She's a fellow officer in
1: blue. LAPD, baby.
0: Mank says, and you think to yourself, you've bitten off more than you can chew. And Jim says, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. And I was like, just go have a beer and be best friends already because we know you want to be. Yeah. I think they were good friends. Also, I couldn't think of a Kansas song there. What did they sing? I wish they sang, oh,
1: Sherry, our love. Because that would just be perfect if they sang Sherry. But that's Journey. Kansas sings, carry on my wayward son. Oh, yeah. That one? Yeah. They're just like a classic rock band. They're like Alabama. They're like all those other one-name state bands.
0: Yeah. So we then see this image of Stephanie that will haunt my dreams. Scratch that. That will haunt my nightmares.
1: Cat scratch that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cat scratch fever.
1: That's not Kansas or Alabama. What is the picture? Which one?
0: She's wearing her uniform and her eyes. Instead of Betty Davis eyes, she has Michael Myers eyes. And I don't mean to be mean. It's like all of her facial features have been moved slightly to where they aren't supposed to go. Like she's a Mrs. Potato Head man that has survived an earthquake.
1: I don't know if you can say that. That's very cruel.
0: And if she was a cop that pulled you over for speeding, you would say, take me to jail where there are other cops around because I don't want to be alone with you. You're a poltergeist.
1: I don't. Here's the thing. She doesn't have it all the time.
0: No, she only has it
1: sometimes. Which makes me think, okay, we know someone we went to school with did an unfortunate thing in when they were acting, which was flare their nostrils. And it was incredibly distracting. It's a concentration thing. So I think that this eye thing, it's when it's a certain emotion that's happening. And the problem is the way that they go up is it shows the whites above her pupil. And her iris, I mean. So it's showing whites on the top, which makes it seem like you're opening your eyes way too much. Mm-hmm. So it gives you also a, an appearance that you're also scared. Yeah. <laughs> and the other person should be scared. Yes, they're, you're scary and you're scared of something.
0: Yeah, it's a dual situation. And all, we do see photos of her as a child and it's not as pronounced. So something happened.
1: It's just a facial thing. I think it's just one of those natural things, right? I don't know. Sometimes it's when it's there, it's really there. So if she's staring at someone across a restaurant with those eyes and they're doing that because she's concentrating, it's just much scarier than flared nostrils. I would not be that nervous if someone was flaring their nostrils at me across the room. I'd be a little worried. But if someone was doing that thing with their eyes from across the room, that like level 10.
0: Oh, no, I would be like, I'm going to die tonight. She's like that lady that's going to drag you to hell in that movie. And you're like, I'm done for.
1: Oh, yeah, I would think it was a curse. That's a good that's a good point.
0: So Mank says this cold case was almost too hot to handle, which is a reality show that Mank has certainly never heard of. And I don't blame him. It's nightmare. It's like the eyes. Jim says there's no evidence that shows that Stephanie was ever even spoken to. In the original investigation, her name appears once in the file. It just says Stephanie Lazarus P.O. That's it. No notes, nothing. And now I'm royally ticked and my nostrils are flaring because this is too much. So we learn a little bit about Stephanie. Stephanie grew up as a tomboy. She played basketball at UCLA. She dated John. She became a cop, one of very few women on the force. And you know, we want to root for women who succeed in male-dominated fields. So this is really going to sting if she turns out to be the killer. She was promoted to detective. She even worked with Project Dare with students, which if you don't remember Dare, maybe do they still do Dare?
1: We talked about it earlier.
0: Like, do our young listeners know what D.A.R.E. is?
1: I told you I donated money. They were outside the ninety nine cent only store.
0: But do they still do it in
1: schools? I mean, I haven't been to school in a minute. I don't think we have listeners young enough. You'd be surprised. Okay, can someone with children in school age let us know? Does I feel like D.A.R.E. focuses on like middle school? I could be wrong.
0: Is it a possibility that I had Stephanie as a D.A.R.E. instructor? In school, do you think she would have come down to Orange County or they would have found a local police officer? Oh, my gosh. They probably would have had a local police officer. That's wild. I would like to think.
1: Yeah, I hope they still do. Dare Dare's important.
0: What else did she do? She did.
1: Oh, she did internal affairs. That was the other thing I thought was very interesting, because this seems like there was some internal affairs shenanigans going on.
0: So she was twice named Detective of the Year, and she worked at Internal Affairs investigating other officers accused of corruption. Stephanie was promoted to Art Thief Unit, Art Theft Unit Investigating Art Heists.
1: I volunteer. I volunteer as tribute. I'd like to work in that department, please.
0: I think you know one of my favorite movies is How to Steal a Million with Audrey Hepburn.
1: Yeah, mine too. And Gambit. So hold on. How much art is being stolen in Los Angeles that it requires a unit?
0: Right. A unit with full time officers.
1: Also, by the way, Detective of the Year two times in L.A. is no slouch. That's hundreds of detectives, right?
0: That's like Peggy Hill getting uh, Substitute Teacher of the Year two times. And she she brags about that. It's a big deal.
1: I want to work in the art theft unit really bad, or at least take a tour. Is that what the favor we should ask Mank?
0: I don't know if he can get us in, but sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can ask.
1: We can say it's for. Should we use my niece and say it's for a school project?
0: Yeah, there we go.
1: Okay, we'll fly her to Los Angeles and we'll take care of that. Yeah, so it seems totally worth it to me. I don't know. It's a write off, right? 100% for research.
0: So Stephanie then married another detective and adopted a daughter. Oh, I know, I was rooting for that too. Jim knows that Stephanie has friends on the force and not just friends on the force. Her husband works in the same station as Jim. So now we get some secrecy, some secrets, some codes, some things going on that are like a speakeasy entrance at a LA police station station. They decide they're going to work after hours. So he won't know they are going to work behind closed doors, which isn't going to make him suspicious at all. They are going to use code words for everything. They're calling Stephanie number five, just like Mambo number five.
1: Oh, I'm guessing that was her number. Didn't sorry. She played a sport, right? UCLA. She played basketball.
0: No, I would guess that that was because there were five women in that file that were the suspects and she was the fifth one.
1: I recant my last statement. That's absolutely why that was. Yeah.
0: But I loved hearing the detectives using code words. I thought that was amazing.
1: Oh, it was my junior high. That's how we referred to the people that we liked. There was TBD, AP. There was, (laughs) oh yeah. And those were not their first and last initials. They all stood for things, which I will not be mentioning here because they're secrets.
0: Genius. So, They are using code. They are supposed to go to police headquarters and tell them what's happening, but they don't. They kind of skirt the rules because they're trying to keep it all hush hush. And they are breaking the rules. And they discover that Stephanie had the means and the motive and the opportunity. Was she the person with the scary eyes who was stalking Sherry? And then they show the photo that haunts my nightmares right when they say the scary eyes. And then it's like, boom, right on the screen. And I jumped like like when Dennis holds up the new head who diss. you did not. Those eyes. They are. Yeah, really got me. Whether you have totally sane eyes or Elizabeth Holmes entrepreneur eyes, you want to draw attention to them with the right makeup. Elizabeth always has that clumpy mascara and smeared liner like she fell asleep while working on her Walgreens pitch. It's not a bad look (laughs) for her. It
1: is. For her it is, but I can get you some mascara that's not clumpy. Well, I can't, but Thrive can. Thank goodness. You have a hookup, though. I do have a hookup for everyone. Let's talk about Thrive. Thrive is high-performance beauty and skincare products that are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. They are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and also Thrive Cosmetics, is their name and cause is in there for a reason, because every purchase you make from Thrive Cosmetics supports organizations that help women thrive. We are big supporters of Thrive here on this podcast, and my mom is a big supporter of Thrive. Also, my sister is a big supporter of Thrive because I'm not only getting mascara for one, I'm buying mascara for two now because they are in love with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It is Thrive's best-selling product for a reason. They have more than 20,000 five-star reviews. It's ultra-lengthening, eye-opening mascara. It lasts all day without clumping, without smudging or flaking. So Elizabeth Holmes would hate it. is not for her. What it really does is it mimics the look of lash extensions, but without having the glue and the expensive lash extensions put on your eye, it's really incredible. It is a tubing formula that slides right off with water when you take it off. And it really does stay on all day. It's fantastic. And if you haven't tried it yet, go get the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. And while you're there, try the Brilliant Eye Brightener, which is a great duo with it because it's a cream-to-powder highlighter It's in a little stick and it brightens and opens your eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. So you've got really pretty lashes and then you pop a little bit of the Brilliant Eye Brightener into the corners of your eyes and you look like you've had a really good night's sleep, even if you hadn't. And it just really brightens up and wakes up your face. It's beautiful. It also comes in 13 different shades that can also be used as an eyeshadow. Also, Try the Defying Gravity Eye Lifting Cream. Both Kimberly and I are big fans of it. It instantly lifts, tightens, and brightens the skin around your eyes with line smoothing hydration. I've been using it for many months now. I've seen a real difference in my eyes in both wrinkle reduction and just texture overall. Do you like it? I have too. Yeah. I love it. It's like beauty sleep in a bottle. It's really something else. The Defying Gravity Eye Lifting Cream. Remember the name. Thrive also has a Bigger Than Beauty mission, which means that for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. That could be women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. And you can check out their website to see exactly where they're donating. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, remember. C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. It's time to thrive.
0: Woohoo! Thank you, Thrive. No, it didn't work yet. Well, yeah, that's not happier. Like, go, girl. Go, girl. I made a happy face, like
1: meow. Oh, like a sassy meow. You're going to. Cat eye.
0: (laughs) Cat eye. Did it. Thank you so much, Thrive. I have to create content for this show for social media. You guys have probably noticed because it's just blown you away. It is tremendous. No, I'm still working on it, which means sometimes I create designs for social media and there's nothing more frustrating than having a great idea for a happy Andrea Canning Days post that you can picture in your head with hearts and Andrea being shot with a baby Cupid's arrow, but you can't design it because it doesn't come out the way you want to. Enter Canva Pro, which is something I use all the time to create social media content like the Canning Canning Tines Day post that I created. I did leave out the Baby Cupid because I wanted to keep some of Andrea's journalistic integrity and dignity.
1: And Baby Cupid's just weird. It's a person in a diaper with a bow and arrow with a weapon. It's not acceptable.
0: I also created a post for living it up in Lebanon, the musical that makes it look like we are heading straight to off, 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 off Broadway. And with Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro. Get it? like a pro. It's a design platform that lets you create and share in just a few minutes. It's really fast. It's fun. You can start from a blank page or use their templates. They have fonts and photos and formatting to make it match that vision in your head. With Canva Pro, you have this endless option of things that you can add to your designs. And you don't have to pay like $4 for this image of Cupid because they have a bunch of stuff that's included with your membership. You and 4 team can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. And with their content planner, it can help you plan and post and create and schedule and edit and all the stuff that goes into being an influencer, which we are not yet, but maybe aspire to be. Who knows? The sky's the limit with Canva Pro. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash date dateline to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's canva, C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash date dateline. Canva.me slash date dateline. Because the world is your Canva. I just made that up. You Canva do it. There you go. Visions
1: to reality.
0: Yes, you Canva. Yeah. Thank you, Canva. Thank you, Canva. The only thing missing from the house was really the marriage certificate. Guess who was John's ex who would want that marriage certificate? And I'm not talking about the casino thief anymore. It's Stephanie. So they need to get Stephanie's DNA to prove it. And Jim says, my investigators aren't cut out for undercover surveillance work. She was a little surprised he said that. I think he meant like they're not trained for it. I think they're capable. I feel like they're watching going, how dare he? I could have done that. That's a weird
1: thing to say.
0: What do I have to do? Just watch her and then steal her trash? I can do that. Come on.
1: I thought it more meant like we don't let them outside. (laughs) They have to stay in the inside rooms.
0: They have that disorder where they're allergic to the sun. So they literally are not cut out for it. They can't do it. So Jim tells internal affairs, finally, what he's up to and that, can you help us get Stephanie's DNA? So they tail her and finally at some place with food, the B-roll is clearly a Costco where you order like the pizza outside, you know, the parfaits or whatever they have at Costco. I'm not sure if it actually was a Costco
1: Whatever they have at Costco, they have six things on the menu. You don't have them memorized because I sure do.
0: Yeah. It's pizza. <laughs>
1: hot dogs. Hot dogs. Polish hot dogs.
0: Polish hot dogs.
1: Caesar salad. Oh, Caesar salad. They have a chicken bake. They have a Sunday.
0: See, I don't eat any of this stuff. A Sunday, A Sunday. I've seen. Do th- I thought they had a parfait, but I guess it's a sundae that I'm thinking of. And then they have those fountain drinks.
1: Yeah, which comes free with the hot dog.
0: Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, it is good.
1: And now they have a uh, burger.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, they've been upping the menu.
0: I like that pizza. I think it's delicious. Maybe my palate is bad. Oh, it's so good. OK, good. I'm glad you said that.
1: And a large size pizza is $9.99. That's incredible. It is the best. It can't be good for you. Really, You should. we should all have Monk Pack bars, but it is. I love Costco food.
0: So Mank says two DNA samples separated by decades, both alike in dignity (laughs) in fair Verona, fair Los Angeles, where we set our scene. Jim gets a call. It's a match. Stephanie's Costco straw DNA matched the DNA from the bite.
1: Do you think that when she found out where the DNA was taken from, she was furious? I didn't even want that. I didn't even I didn't even want that that day.
0: I should have eaten my monk pack bar. I was supposed to eat that salad that I had in my Tupperware and I ignored it and I ate that fast food instead. So they create another plan to talk to Stephanie without her being on guard. They surprise her at work one day. She comes into work and people are like, hey, they need your help in the very elite robbery homicide division because there was an art theft and that's your specialty. So I think they're doing that flattering it puts you off guard. If you're like, we need your expertise. So she's like, Oh, happy to help. So they send her down to the basement of the building, which is, there's a very small interrogation room there. And since I guess it's part of the jail, there's like a jail area down there too, that all the cops are required to give up their guns. So she's unarmed now and she doesn't know she's being recorded with an undercover camera. Mm-hmm. they just jump right in. She's, They're like, do you know John Rutten? And she's like, I thought this was about art. What's, what is happening? What? Oh, we dated a long time ago. She's like instantly so flustered. Yeah. Have you ever talked to Sherry Rasmussen? Maybe. I don't know. You guys are bringing up all these old memories. She's like the worst actor I've seen. And I'm counting the mother daughter in Final Curtain. Who were also quite terrible.
1: Final curtain.
0: Remember the actress that got the job, even though she was already on, like, about to be on trial for murder, because she shot her uncle and her mom was the stage mom. I
1: forgot about that. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So, did you guys ever fight? You and Sherry and Stephanie goes, you mean like and she gestures like a boxer, like at a at a boy. Atta- put all, put all. Yeah. She says, I don't think so. And they're like, I think you would remember. She's like, I would think I would remember. What
1: is this? Answer a question.
0: Answer a question. Did you attack Sherry? It doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> oh, so you've attacked many people and just this one doesn't sound familiar or what are you saying? Or what are you saying? I fought with her, so I must have killed her. I mean, come on. She's so defensive and like wild and looks like an animal that's been like captured. And loud. She's really loud. And loud. She's raising her voice. Yeah. And her eyes are making me more uncomfortable than the where'd you go, boo? Interrogation scene.
1: I couldn't see them very well.
0: You're watching on your phone. They are wild. So she says, well, now you're accusing me of this. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, what are you saying? What are you You're saying? Nothing, woman. Do I do I need a lawyer? I mean, I know you have to do your job, but I know how this works. So I'm going to call somebody. Yes, call somebody. And they just say, OK, you have the right to remain silent. And do you understand your rights? And she's rolling her eyes. Yes, I'm a police officer. And then she goes, I'm like in shock. I'm like totally in shock. I'm sure she was. It has been decades that she thought she got away with this. So I'm sure she was in shock, but she's not a good actress. And if she has been had 20 plus years to rehearse this moment, she should have rehearsed more. It's not great. It's not great. So Jim then apologizes to Sherry's parents and says, well, we got her, but I'm sorry it took so long. And I thought that was really nice. And he says it was the best moment of his career. Bail is set at $10 million because she's a flight risk because the strong case against her. Wow. Yeah. Sherry's family files a lawsuit against the LAPD saying they ignored clues at the beginning to cover it up. And their lawyer calls it an international dereliction of duties, which is the name of my autobiography.
1: (laughs) Stupid.
0: (laughs) Their lawsuit, sadly, is dismissed. Why? Maybe that they just couldn't prove that they ignored clues and weren't just incompetent or stretched thin because crack is whack. Unsure. Or they're just very powerful and are able to crush a lawsuit like that. I don't know.
1: It seemed weird.
0: So the LAPD chief says, I don't think there was a cover up at all. And he does have a cop mustache. So I do want to believe him. But then he says, I think it was more of a lack of ability.
1: Okay, what's going on?
0: How rude again. Now the officers from the 80s are watching, like, don't say that I was incompetent. Like, at least say I was corrupt or something, because at least that means I knew what I was doing. Why is there so much
1: incompetence happening? These guys can't follow somebody worth a darn. And then now it's just incompetent detectives going over a crime scene.
0: Yeah, I'd rather you say they were corrupt and they're evil geniuses, because at least they were geniuses. Now you're just saying they were just bumbling around. They just...
1: Which also makes me think that's not true. I think Stephanie was spoken to by the cops off the record. Nothing was ever written down. I don't think it's because they didn't look into her at all. I think they probably did. They just made sure to write nothing down or get or she made sure that whatever was written down about her was destroyed. So because she's been there, she could just very easily go into the logs and take out anything about her.
0: Right. So, well, then that would be corruption. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was corruption, not incompetence is what I'm saying. I think it's maybe nicer to say it was incompetence. Incompetence does maybe sound better than corruption.
0: It does. But at the same time, you have the father saying you told them 20 times that she was being stalked and you didn't even investigate that person. That's a level of incompetence that you do not deserve to have a gun and a badge.
1: That's too far. Right.
0: Yeah so it makes you think there was something else going on at play. Yeah. yeah. In 2012, 26 years after the murder, Stephanie goes on trial and boy, that orange jumpsuit does nothing to soften her crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough again in the court when she comes in. It's not good. The prosecution says this case was about a bite, a bullet, a gun barrel and a broken heart. I love alliteration, but I feel like they could have done better than that. When was the gun barrel? Did
1: I miss the gun barrel?
0: Well, she was shot with a gun. I think that's really the only thing. So we could have. Yeah. Well, first of all, rule of threes, right? So you probably would take out gun barrel because you already have bullet. So you probably don't need bullet and gun barrel. Thank you. I guess broken heart, maybe, but I feel like there's I would have rather they said bubsession and be like there's it was obsession, but with the B. Bubsession? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather they make up a word. I would not. I strongly disagree. Do not make <laughs> up
1: words in it's court.
0: A classic case of bubsession. <laughs> if
1: you say bubsession in court, the jury is going to rule against your client no matter what. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine the prosecution? Shuri, you've probably heard of classic cases of bubsession, like single white female and fatal attraction. And Terrible. This bubsessed criminal was so bubsessed with him that she murdered this lady. I can see you trying to
1: explain it to your client, too. She's like... What is that? Why did you say bubsessed? Why did you keep saying obsessed? It was alliteration. It's the rule of threes.
0: And then my client goes for a retrial and is like, ineffective counsel, your and honor. Would
1: win. <laughs> Appeal granted.
0: And that's what I wanted. I wanted to get a retrial.
1: Oh my goodness. Oh,
0: because I knew they were going to be found guilty in that trial. Stop
1: trying. You just wanted to say bubsessed.
0: So I said bubsession on purpose. Oh my God. It's a new A Fragrance by Calvin Klein. Obsession.
1: Everyone's going to prison. It's terrible.
0: (laughs) They show Stephanie's journals to the jury and they say, look how upset she was. I would have loved to have if this were a two hour and we could have read those journals, but I feel like they're probably crazier than her crazy eyes. So maybe I don't want to. She does mention in one of her date books something about locksmith books that she was or like lockpicking books so that's how they think she got in. She was studying up on lock picking.
1: I still feel like now that we know that they may have had a relationship that she was overlapping, him.
0: quote, you know. Yeah. Maybe she just stole and copied his key.
1: 100%.
0: It doesn't necessarily mean he gave it to her. She could have just.
1: And she's saying she's innocent, so she's not going to tell us that.
0: Right. Well, she's still obsessed with him. She doesn't want to flip my I her. cannot with success. <laughs> it's putting me over the top. So on the day of the murder, she was off duty and the ammunition matches the same type of gun as her off duty weapon, which coincidentally, she says, was stolen two weeks later. Okay. Okay. And then there's the DNA. Obviously, there's a one point seven sextillion to one chance that it could be someone else. And the defense is like, so you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) They say the DNA wasn't cared for. Or it was cared for by Gary Gergich. It's the envelope was torn apart. It was, you know, yeah. we can't trust that that's in good shape. That is a valid thing. It's the best they've got. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's also hair, blood and fingerprints from the scene that did not come from her. Very interesting. I would like to know more about that.
1: I would like to know more. Tell us more.
0: They say John was still calling Stephanie and Stephanie went to tell Sherry, you guys are getting married. I'm telling him, just stop calling me because you guys are getting married. Who can back up that story?
1: I think Sherry could have because I think that's that original time when she was in the house.
0: But Sherry says she came to my office and said, if I can't have him, no one else can.
1: Oh, and then came to the house later, uh huh.
0: which is the opposite of I'm telling him to leave me alone because I'm respecting that you guys are getting married. So they can just say that that's what Stephanie was trying to tell Sherry, but that's not what Sherry was telling her parents.
1: They got married three months before, right? Yeah. So she had done the hospital visit and all that before they got married.
0: No, after they had gotten married. It is a weird timeline. Like maybe she had wanted to hurt her before then. Maybe it was like the fact that they got married that threw her off the deep end. And that was- It's very strange. You would think she would want to stop it before they got married. Okay. So that, yeah, that is strange. So she's found guilty of first-degree murder. And Stephanie's brother is shocked. He did not expect that verdict. Have you seen your sister's eyes? It's
1: like an involuntary facial response. Dateline even
0: talks about the crazy eyes while putting a picture of her crazy eyes on the screen.
1: Of her crazy eyes with the thing. That is true.
0: They want us to talk about her crazy eyes. They
1: do. What I don't understand is it seems like everything besides this in her life is really normal. We don't get anything else. It's like they adopt a baby. She's with her husband the whole time. This other man she marries. I'm just kind of confused. What is this one snap that all of a sudden she kills someone for marrying her ex-boyfriend?
0: Well, I mean, Sheila Davalou was an accomplished, wealthy professional in the medical science field. She was like a scientist. She was in a long term, happy relationship and she killed someone and then tried to kill her boyfriend.
1: But I guess what I'm saying is, do you think that if Sheila Davalu hadn't been caught for that, she then would have gone on to just live a completely regular life?
0: I think if there might be another guy that would have gotten caught her fancy like that.
1: So I just, it's very strange. This is an odd thing that we don't get any other evidence that like she did this in high school.
0: Some people do it once and then they're so grateful that they didn't get caught. They like don't kill again. She is a police officer. She knows what happens to her if she goes to jail.
1: So how is it worth it at all? You don't get the guy. You don't get like, did John testify? Yes, she was calling me and texting me in the weeks after Sherry had died trying to console me and I said no. So was her main goal to get back with him?
0: Honestly, I don't know.
1: You see what I'm saying, right? We're like, it it doesn't quite line up perfectly on this for me. Yeah,
0: it's very strange. Yeah, The LAPD says... Look, we solved this huge cold case, but just don't pay attention that it's one of us. Just forget that one part of it. We're so proud. <laughs> We're not that proud of this one part, though. OK, they want to brag about it, but then they kind of don't want you to know about it at all. Yeah. Sherry's parents get 10 million dollars in a civil case. Against her. Against Stephanie. Yes.
1: Yeah. The LAPD. Not.
0: Yes. Mank says she almost got away with it. And Jim says it was almost the perfect murder. And then we see this camera flash and the image of Stephanie in the uniform is there, but her face is all white with no eyes or mouth or nose because it's a flash. She's like Slenderman or something or Voldemort with no facial features. But then it's like you see facial features because the, f- the film develops and it's like, oh, God. Mm. This episode is dedicated to Jenny T and Terry W. Jenny and Terry, Jenny and Terry being best friends like Mickey and Jim, who are the current best friends, replacing Mickey and Mickey, who were the original best friends. Now it's Jenny and Terry, who are the best friends. Where? Wasn't it a kitty and a bunny? Yeah,
1: it's bunny and kitty being best friends.
0: So what noise does a bunny make?
1: Exactly. Is that right? I think they probably make a sad noise if you squeeze them.
0: Aww. not that I've
1: squeezed any bunnies, but I want to because they're so soft and cute. Jenny,
0: Terry, are you squeezing bunnies? What are you doing out there?
1: Oh, it's terrible. Let's not talk about that. This is a happy day when we're thanking Jenny and Terry very, very much for being Patreons.
0: Thank you so much, ladies. But, you know, that's a real thing. It's called like cuteness aggression or something like when something's so cute, you actually like want to hurt it.
1: No, my sister and I call it sudden urge to pet the dog. Yeah, it's a Like you grind your teeth, yeah, and your face gets all like into it. And, um, my six year old niece is afflicted with it as well because she gets really (laughs) excited. It's something so cute, but for us, it all goes internal, it doesn't go to the animal. It just, but also, by the way, when I went to the dentist, he wanted me to get a teeth grinder thing because he said, I don't know, do you grind your teeth in your sleep? I said, No, I sleep with my mouth open. I'm pretty sure it's annoying, I don't grind my teeth. And then I realized why I'm grinding my teeth so much? The cats. Because when I think so cute, <laughs> I grind my teeth and I grind <laughs> them when I talk to them because they're constantly just being adorable. You need medical intervention. I have to wear a mouth guard during the day now.
0: <laughs> Disaster. So Jenny and Terry, you guys are so cute. You make us want to grind our teeth into to dust. Yeah brains are so fascinating. Brains are
1: great. But Jenny and Terry, your brains are working great because you signed up for our Patreon. (laughs) So you're going to get the greatest episode this month. Yep. And by greatest, I just mean Kimberly and I were really into it. We
0: were so into our Patreon episode this month. And if you haven't joined our Patreon, we have so many episodes, like dozens of episodes. We do. This other episode just aired the other week, The Evil to Come. And so many people were like, you guys have to do this episode. You have to do this episode. I was like, we did it. We did it years ago for Patreon. So join our Patreon and you could check out The Evil to Come and our newest episode. You said it with that sass. That's
1: how we lose Patreons. Jenny and we Terry, did don't it. leave us. We need we you. did that already.
0: No, <laughs> wow. I did it way better than that. <laughs> I think. I hope. Oh,
1: fingers crossed.
0: Fingers crossed. Join our Patreon. And ladies, we thank you so, so much. Seriously. Thank
1: you. We couldn't do it without you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Evil Bonanza. Super Bowl party food. Yeah. Did you notice this close up of a rose with water droplets all over? Like, oh, I sure, surely did. What was that? Surely
1: wrote it down. Was that real?
0: It was so magnified.
1: Why was there so much dew? So dewy. But like dew all over, not just like dew gathered on the tops of the petals. Yeah. It was dew on the stem, dew on the leaves, dew on every part of
0: it. It was so droplet heavy. It almost gave me that thing with the holes, except that they were concave and not convex or the opposite. Sorry.
1: You got condes, condes, condensation.
0: It was like so much condensation, but Dayline doesn't usually do those close up macro shots. They usually do just like wide B-roll shots. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's this close up shot of this rose that's super wet and then it's never seen again. But I don't think it's real.
1: It looked like someone had taken little silicone things and interesting because they were all equally based and they were also all equal in size. It was to symbolize romance of some kind. I just don't. It was odd.
0: Yeah, it was odd. I've never seen it before. Me neither. Again, the lots of grainy 80s photos of the crack crack.
1: footage really got me. It was people (laughs) smoking it. It was very specific
0: bags of it. I was like, we okay? we don't get it. it. it." And this was whack.
1: too much information on crack.
0: The parents looking through a photo album
1: and then walking hand in hand.
0: So cute.
1: That one got me.
0: They were really sweet. At one point after the verdict, the mom leans on the dad's shoulder outside the courthouse. Very cute. Jim and the detectives are looking at loose leaf photos. So we had it all covered, loose leaf and in a binder.
1: They're also having very intense meetings. It's lots of sitting around with your hands on your knees
0: and walking down the hall, going into like a room where they were having their meetings about number five. Do you think they had a secret
1: whiteboard? You know how they have Murphy beds that are camouflaged into the wall that you pull down? They had something camouflaged somewhere in the room where if you pressed a button, it opened to a secret chalkboard or whiteboard where they had everything written down. God, I hope
0: so. If they didn't, but they had all those fridges, come on, get that secret room. And I want a guy at the door and you have to say the code word. There's a time lapse shot of traffic lights.
1: And of a courthouse, like palm trees. Did you notice there was a ton of cactus footage?
0: So much cacti. What is that? I guess her condo had lots of large cactus, cacti outside. There's a picture of Stephanie, maybe on a submarine. Unsure. She is standing. There's a round hatch door and it's like a metal wall and there's a hatched exit door. (gasps) And then the wall has all these large, huge controls and dials and spinny things. Speakeasy. A speakeasy that submarine. That would be the perfect
1: spot for a speakeasy. Uh-huh. Oh, speakeasy, speakeasy underwater. Speakeasy
0: underwater in a submarine. That's
1: yeah. like Club 33 at Disneyland. That's what they yeah. should do. Instead of that club, they should do Club 34 and make it in the submarine ride.
0: I love that. TM, TM. by the way, Disney. Yeah. Okay. No, they're going to steal that from
1: you. Yeah, they are. All right. If
0: there's a photo of Stephanie holding a cake with a pig police officer, a cartoon pig dressed as a police officer. And it says Stephanie on it because of oink, oink, bacon, I guess. What? Or does she like pigs? She might just like pigs. I like pigs. Yeah, I love pigs, but it's definitely like a card.
1: It's a weird thing to get because of the association.
0: That's why I thought maybe it was a joke. It's still a weird joke. I don't think they like that joke, right? I would think they wouldn't. Unless you're just going to embrace it. embracing. <laughs> just yeah. Exactly
1: what I was going to say. Yeah.
0: Brand's unhappy beyond on Dateline are now associated with murder.
1: The LAPD. Yeah. No, kinda. I mean, I feel bad. It's, I guess it's a little bit better in this case because it's so old.
0: Yeah. These cases, though, happen everywhere. But their LAPD for sure has a lot of corruption. Fashion police. Yeah. Did you see Manx outfit? Yeah. Okay. So it's like a white collar. Mm-hmm. And then a checkered shirt Mm -hmm. and then a red tie with dots on it. He was doing
1: mixed match patterns. Yeah. And he did it in another portion. He has a peach tie with like a navy blue and white striped shirt. Mm -hmm. He was being very mismatched, but matched in this. Yeah. I thought that outfit was stupendous. And I think he should try it again. The
0: checkered shirt. Mm hmm. I'm just not used to it and I don't really understand fashion.
1: It was different for Mink and I thought it was a fun branching out was my opinion on that.
0: Yeah, I could see. Okay, yeah, I like
1: that. I like he also did yellow and yellow. Did you see there was a lot of yellow in one shot? It was good. Yeah,
0: he was doing different. Everything was different. He had a purple tie with like splotches on it. It almost looked like animal print, but it was purple and black.
1: I think he had eight different outfits.
0: Yeah, he had so many outfits.
1: Lots of just outfit changes for him. Also, Sherry's wedding pictures. Did you see her hair? Yeah. Was it Princess Di Wings? A little. I love that. That was the hair, right? Because Princess Di had that hair. Her wedding was such a big deal.
0: I know. People love them. Still heartbroken over William and Harry not choosing me to be their wife, Jaded.
1: Because you were supposed to meet at a speakeasy and then they were supposed (laughs) to whisk you off?
0: Boy. yeah, let's do titles. Let's do it. I mine are not that good. You sounded super excited. No,
1: I just have one that I think is going to make you laugh a little bit.
0: Okay, marriage license to kill. That's
1: excellent. Thank you. What about some crack in the case? <laughs> Instead of A crack in the case.
0: Yeah, orange is the new crazy.
1: That's great. Take a bite out of crime, which we already talked about. So now <laughs> it's it definitely doesn't bode as well.
0: Eyes are the window to the crazy. There we
1: go. That's good. How about rutting around for the truth? Okay, Rooting around for the truth. Whatever his last name is. I wouldn't did the names.
0: The crazy blue line. Really all mine are about crazy.
1: What about the wavy blue line? Like it's not something fishy.
0: What if she had said the bullet, the bite and the blue line? Oh,
1: that's better. High five. That was good. That was really good. I like that one. That's
0: better than bubsessed. Bubsessed is horrendous.
1: (laughs) But it's going to be a thing now. I I really smell the T-shirt on it, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned because the focus of this episode was Ulysses becoming the dare kitty. I
0: still think that's going to happen. And now
1: it's going to be bubsessed. It can be both. Maybe people will be bubsessed with that. Yeah. We'll see. Absolutely. What else do you have? That's all oh like. I really tried to get somewhere with Lazarus, something about raising the truth from the dead, something because Lazarus comes back to life. So I was trying to be like a gotcha. cold case brought back to life. But it's mm-hmm. Stephanie Lazarus. Yeah, that's I nice. couldn't, nope, couldn't mm-hmm. do it. So my number one, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> I love it. And that's I your saying. I only have that from you. I know it's not your saying, but I heard it from you first. So in my head, it's yours.
0: I love it. Not all Is that all we
1: have? We don't have Twitter.
0: No, that's it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to our Patreons again, Jenny and Terry. And thank you. Follow us on social media so you can see my Canva work just on fire. Check out our Patreon, though, because this episode this month is crazy. I'll post more about that later. Follow us on Twitter for some fun polls and nonsense. And we have a good time.
1: It is a good time.
0: Oh, I'm going to be at WonderCon in like two weeks on a panel. I'm going to be at DragCon in four weeks. Just kidding. (laughs) on no panel in the audience
1: stalking drag queens so with ulysses on a leash
0: with my uh my shirt that says whatever your favorite drag queen is i
1: can't remember her
0: name
1: yep (laughs) i'm gonna try to make obsessed work we'll see how that goes i don't know Uh, Go ahead. Tell us about WonderCon. What happens? I didn't mean to steal your thunder.
0: Just contact me for details. I don't know. (laughs) Justine, who is the host of. uh,
1: That seemed really suspicious, like you were keeping it a secret. Um, No, I'm not at all. Just contact me if you need to. It's in a need to know basis. It's a need to know basis.
0: basis. (laughs) Don't come like just to see me. If you were already coming to WonderCon, I'll tell you what the panel's called. That's more what I meant. Justine, who's awesome. She's a listener and a friend of our show. And she hosts, uh, co-hosts Starship Therapies and Dark Side of the Mat, two excellent podcasts. She's hosting a panel on like crimes and cults and why people are drawn to true crime and stuff. And so I'm basically the non-educated member because everyone else is like PhD in criminology. And I'm like, hey, I host a podcast about Dateline. I make jokes about obsessed. You're going to be great. It's going to be hilarious. So check that out, and thank you guys. And we will see you next time. Question: Will we get
1: sued if we make sure it's that say "True Crime Obsessed"? <laughs> Probably. Will we get? Could we reach out? Yeah. And be like, hey, can we do this? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's, a, it's an idea. I'll, I'll talk to Patrick. We'll see how it goes. Okay, everybody, be, be your, your own obsession.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye, everybody. See,
1: that's when you got to do it.
0: Yeah. No, you nailed it.
1: Has anyone asked about my fridge in the garage lately? Is anyone worried that I don't have one? Would anyone like an update? What do you mean? I've moved twice since I was talking about how wonderful that would be. How it's right, the you still don't of have one. So I just want to make it clear that no, I still do not. Have a fridge. That
0: would be a great time to plug our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com <laughs> slash date dateline, you could join us as low as $2 a month and help fund Katie's wishes to be a two refrigerator households.
1: I have since come to she a decision about so it. so little. I, do, I would like a little for it, but I would say I feel like I don't want to be an energy hog. And I feel like for a person without children, it seems excessive that I would need two refrigerators in my house. My
0: parents don't have children living at the house and they have like three fridges. But Can my I mom compulsively compulsively gives out waters and sodas to anyone that comes near the house. Like a, a gardener, delivery guy, whatever. You want a beer? Delivery guy? But like, like a
1: case of sodas, like here's a no, thing of Sprite.
0: No, she'll just give sodas and Beers and waters and stuff.
1: That's what your mom is a wonderful she human. To be the good good host. job, Joni.
0: Yeah. So that's what the garage fridge is mostly for.
1: Okay, then I would like it for gift giving then, in that case. Although I yeah. don't get many visitors, but
0: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who just played this past year? Don't know. So Patriots. It's mm, not right. Bengals. Maybe. Maybe. Feel like I heard something. Okay. So hmm. there are people listening going, how do they not know this most basic information? It's like how I feel when people don't know basic information.
1: I don't know. They're can't, thinking
0: that about us. Can't so, tell you our
1: lips are sealed. Sorry, that's the oh, bangles, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the bangles and not the Bengals. <laughs> <Shh. laughs> Solid joke. Okay. It's a follow-up to your original ketchup joke. So... <laughs> You going through something, Kitty? Do it louder with more confidence. Ow. Yeah, the perfect because I just started a fight with you, right? Because so you're perfect.
1: You're nitpicking, all right. Uh huh.
0: So I'm a kitty you start, that's scratches. Yeah, you're starting uh-huh. a cat
1: fight. Yeah.